BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. For all the efforts to curb reckless driving in Milwaukee. I feel good. I feel that we are making headway. I believe that it is having an effect. Some of the city's most persistent offenders are not getting the message. So you're just going to keep on driving illegally no matter what? You can suck it. Four years? Nearly 48 times? What are you waiting for? As far as I'm concerned, his picture should be on the dashboard of every Milwaukee police officer's cruiser. This week on Open Record, why most reckless drivers caught by police. All right, just slow down for us, right? I appreciate it. Thank you. Face little to no consequences until it's too late. I'm living that heartache every day. From the Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. I'm Brian Polson, and I'm joined today by Open Records executive producer, Sarah Smith. Hey, Sarah. Hi, Brian. We are recording this episode on Thursday, March 30th, 2023. When we started this podcast, Open Record, I think it was back in 2019. I actually wrote that down, and then I thought, and it was around there. It was before the pandemic. I know that, right, Sarah? Yes. I mean, even then, reckless driving was already a major public health and safety issue in Milwaukee, to the point that the city convened a reckless driving task force. I think it was originally called the not just the reckless driving task force, but the carjacking and reckless driving task force. Both of those were issues identified early on. The carjacking piece kind of faded away, but reckless driving really became more and more of an issue. And in 2020, that it was shortly after the pandemic, actually, the, the task force finally came out with a series of recommendations, how to tackle this ongoing problem. We have been covering this issue, you know, Sarah, for that entire time. Um, we actually sat down as a station and said, this is a big issue before the pandemic. We really need to put a lot of resources into it. And we have. Um, and, and along the way, we find this guy, Dyrul Chaplin, who we're going to talk about today. Last year, we reported he'd been stopped by police 35 times in three years for all manner of traffic violations. And shortly after that story, police started towing the cars of some reckless drivers. That was May 1st of last year. By the end of the year, we wanted to know how the new policy was working and what really happened to Dyrell Chaplin. Anything new happened? Was he still driving crazy? And what we found resulted in a whole new round of investigation, data analysis, interviews with city leaders and victims. Um, and so both last night and tonight, we did a couple of big stories on this issue. It just Sarah just won't go away. When I think, well, maybe there isn't anything to follow up on. You bring all this information, new video, new body cam, a whole bunch of stuff to the table. Um, so we've kind of been taking a little bit of a step back, and that's where I want to start, actually. So the end of 2022, we checked back in with Dyrul Chaplin. So what did you find when you looked into his stuff? I was actually, just before we got on here, I was looking back to see where did this start again? And and I looked back, the first email I sent related to this was January 5th. So I had just come back from holiday break, New Year's Day. I think maybe the first day back was maybe January 3rd or 4th. And at some point, I'm looking at what are the stories I'm working on for 2023. 
And I thought, let's check in on this guy from early last year. He got a lot of attention, um, got a lot of play on social media. Let's see what he's been up to. And I see that, sure enough, Tyrone Chaplin has been pulled over at least two more times in 2023. So I requested from the Milwaukee Municipal Court a copy of those citations. And immediately I was struck by the narrative in one of the two tickets. It was a speeding ticket for going 59 and a 35, which maybe for the average person, yeah, that's fast. But, you know, that's not a news story that somebody went 24 miles an hour over the speed limit. But in the narrative, it indicated that he was uh, speeding. He told the officer he was speeding because he was late for court. And I thought, late. well, what court case was that? So I look it up and sure enough, he was late for a hearing in Waukesha County for operating well revoked fourth plus. So this is a repeat offender driving illegally with no license who is racing to get to court and speeding on the way. When the officer stops him, he matter of factly tells him, oh yeah, I'm late for court. Um, so that made me think right then, I have to see this interaction. We know police have body camera video. So it was that day that I requested the cameras from Milwaukee police. And it took a little while to get the video. Um, they've got a backlog of requests. But then when I got the video, of course, he didn't disappoint. Uh, Dyrell Chaplin, uh, as a character in a news story, delivers every single time. Unfortunately, he delivers in a way that is obviously troubling for the people of the city of Milwaukee because he is out there driving recklessly uh, just time and time and time again. And he seems to think it's not only no big deal, he openly admits, I don't care. I don't care. What do you say to people who've lost loved ones to driving like yours? You're endangering the public. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, that was the one. I mean, gosh, I feel like I was shaking my head a lot during this story. Um, And so, okay, so we talked. You did talk to Dyrell Chaplin, like, back in the summer. So so here we are now, 2023. You went out to look for him again. And, I mean... Not, you know, there are some people I feel like when you do either surveillance or you're looking for someone, it's hard to track them down because maybe you don't know where they work or what they're doing. But if you look at court procession or, you know, proceedings, it's pretty easy to know if and when he's where he's going to be. Now, what I've had some people really note, though, is, well, gosh, so he shows up for court. That's good, right? And, And what's interesting is Chaplin does seem to show up for criminal cases. And Traffic offenses aren't his only interactions with the justice system. He has had a couple of criminal cases. One was a fleeing from police, a felony fleeing from police, and I think maybe a endangering safety case um, a, a while back, uh, in, in, in which case he actually uh, led police on a brief chase, then got out of his car and was, you know, waving his hands in the air and all sorts of things. That That was a ways back. But more recently, he was charged with possession of cocaine with intent. He had an amount of cocaine that they consider automatically to be an intent to distribute. And that's a felony. So he's got these felony charges. I'll I'll point out, I didn't even get into any of this in the story. He posted $2,000 bail to get out of jail on that case on December 6th of 2022. Eight days later, he's caught speeding on his way to court for driving while revoked. Um, Apparently, it wasn't a condition of his release that he uh, obeyed traffic laws because the charge had nothing to do with traffic violations. But just the proximity in time, eight days after he gets out, he's speeding again and he is telling an officer I'm late for court. But as you pointed out, we want to go talk to him. Where are you going to find him? And for for Chaplin, it's pretty easy um, if you know he's got a court date. And in this case, it's a criminal traffic case. He's shown a history of at least showing up for that. 
will, will show up for his sentencing. And his sentencing was scheduled for January, I think it might have been the 13th. Um, so we know when and where he's probably going to be. And more importantly, what I wanted to see is, is he still driving? Is he still driving the same car that he just got pulled over in in both September and December in Milwaukee? An unregistered 2010 Dodge Caliber. Um, he lies to the officer and says, I just bought the car and and I haven't had time to get, get it registered yet. Well, he told him that in September. He told him that same thing in December. And then he's still driving the same car in January. Same VIN, still not registered. So clearly the same vehicle. And we waited at the courthouse. It was photographer Jeff Frings and I. We just got to the Waukesha courthouse and parked. And as his court time, court case uh, time approached, sure enough, here comes the black Dodge Caliber pulling in. And interestingly enough, he pulls into the parking lot. We don't show any of this in the story. He pulls into the parking lot, finds a space, and sits there for probably, I want to say, 20 minutes with his right turn signal on. Just parked in the parking lot with his right turn signal on. Um, just not paying attention to, to much of anything. He eventually gets out of the car and Jeff and I approach. And um, the last time we talked to him was at the same location, Waukesha County Courthouse. He was a little more, how do I put it? Um, a little more upbeat. He, he seemed to think it was almost kind of fun that he was talking to Fox 6 News. He laughed. He, he joked about it. That was before we put the first story on the air. Um, this time he kind of knows what's coming. He wasn't quite as... Receptive. Yeah, he definitely seemed it was like, I'm not, I believe he said, I'm not doing this again. I'm not talking to you again. You know, leave me alone kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and of course, there's one of the first things he says, I ask him, are you, are you still planning? I mean, right in front of me, are you just going to drive illegally? Are you going to keep doing this no matter what? And he doesn't know what to say. So he said, you can bleep, bleep, bleep. I'll let you watch the story. But it was very clear that at this point he's annoyed by the attention, but he has absolutely no intention to stop doing what he's doing. In fact, I said, how are you going to get home? I mean, this is your car, right? And he says, I'm going to drive. And he gets right in his car and he drives away illegally. Then again, doing it in front of me is one thing. Milwaukee police keep letting him do it right in front of them. And that was really a, one of the focuses of my story was why do police keep letting not only Chaplin, but other reckless drivers just drive away from traffic stops, especially those who don't have a valid license and aren't driving a registered car. So, I mean, hearing Chaplin's story and and all of that stuff, you know, right there, you and I would probably talk about this and go, gosh, that's a story that would really send people's kind of uh, blood pressure, you know, up. But, but it's a step further, taking it that next step. So you wanted to go a little bit deeper, which means finding other records of things. And like you said, if, if, if police are letting him go again and again and again, they must be letting other people. So what did you find when you started digging? Well, it's one of the reasons, Sarah, that I love this podcast, because we get to talk about not just the story we did, but why we did it, why we did it the way we did. What's, what's our approach? What's our thinking as journalists? And we'd already told the public about Chaplin and we already, I mean, here's the thing. He's a character. He's an interesting character, whether he makes you angry or he makes you laugh. He's interesting. So he makes for good television. But to me, that's not enough to I mean, I could have done that story in January. We could have said, look what we found. And I went and confronted him and he said these things to me and we could have run a story right then. But I felt like this is indicative of a bigger issue. 
we're now at, at the point that that happens more than eight months into the city of Milwaukee's new reckless driving tow policy. The police department now has the authority to tow reckless drivers, and they keep talking about all these tools they're adding to combat reckless driving. So I wanted to put it into the context of the bigger picture. How is that policy going? Why aren't they towing this guy? Um, is the towing policy enough to stop people like him? So one of the first things I did was request uh, data from the Milwaukee Police Department. I wanted to see every traffic citation they had written since that tow policy took effect in May. And uh, it took uh, a few weeks, but they got me that uh, data, and it was more than 20,000 citations. Um, so, you know, there's it's everything from speeding to driving while revoked or suspended to running stoplights and all sorts of things, parking in the wrong place, whatever it might be. Um, but 20,000 tickets. And within that, uh, we wanted to see, you know, if there were any trends. But in addition, I also asked for the full list of all the people who had been towed. And this is where some of the work that you'll never see on the air that goes on behind the scenes happens. And, and I, I, I get it. My arm is kind of long right now. I'm reaching around to pat my own back. But this was, I think, an important piece of the story. Police gave us a list of of 100 and I think it was 189 vehicles that had been towed by mid-January uh, due to reckless driving. But they didn't include the driver's names. They included enough information about them. I think it was race and sex and uh, the location and time of the tow that I was able to compare the two data sets. All of the citations that have been written with the list of tows, it took some time to do this, but ultimately I was able to identify those 189 drivers who'd been towed. And one of the things we wanted to know is, is it working? When they tow these drivers, are they going back out and committing new traffic offenses, or does it seem to be having at least a temporary impact? And what we found is in 85% of those cases, those drivers who have been towed by police have not committed a new traffic offense in the city, at least in the you know, eight or so months since this policy took effect. So you could view that on the one hand and say, maybe that maybe that shows it's working. On the other hand, you do have 15% of those people who went right back out and got caught speeding again or, or doing something else, um, maybe in the very same car. I didn't have time to go through and compare the vehicles to each of those data sets. So that's one thing. But the other thing we wanted to know is if they've written 20,000 tickets, how many of those were for violations that the city considers to be reckless driving? And I think that's key because if they've towed 189 reckless drivers, and what we actually looked at was the eight months from May 1st to December 31st, that was 177. So they towed 177 reckless drivers in that time. And every time police come out and say, and they have a news conference, here's how many people we've towed, it's working. My question is, well, how many reckless drivers are there? How many of them are you letting go? And that was the effort that we really put in here was to see how many reckless drivers have you stopped versus how many have you towed? It's not a clean comparison, but what I was able to do is find a couple of places where Milwaukee police say exactly which statutes they consider to be, quote unquote, reckless driving. There was one specifically called reckless driving, which I am not entirely clear what falls under that category. The uh, spokesperson for the police department, when I asked him about it, he said, you know, uh, like the weaving and the, and the the stuff, you know, you see guys acting like fools, not a very specific statutory description, but guys acting like fools. Usually it's something he did say speeding alone does not count as reckless driving, but speeding in combination with some other things like weaving or maybe passing on the right or blowing red lights that could constitute. But there are a bunch of other things police consider to be reckless driving. 
running red lights is one of them. Uh, running stop signs is another. Failure to yield can be one. Speeding 25 miles per hour or more over the limit. So we looked at all those violations and found in that eight-month window, nearly 5,000 tickets had been written for things the city of Milwaukee considers to be reckless driving. And they towed 177 cars. If you boil all that down, that means 19 out of every 20 reckless driver they stopped drove away from the traffic stop, just like Dyrell Chaplin. So all of that, you know, you spend days, weeks, you know, hours, weeks, whatever, you know, pouring through all that data. The next step, you know, in our minds is, okay, well, what does the city have to say about this? So there's the police chief, there's the mayor, there's older people, you know, I mean, they all obviously want the same thing, right? They want reckless driving to really, you know, the numbers to go down, they want it to go away. Um, and so when you start to uncover some of these other numbers, it doesn't look as great and shiny anymore. So, you know, I know you reached out to them. So what was that process like? So I, and I did, I wanted to talk to the mayor. I wanted to talk to the police chief. I also uh, reached out to Alderman Michael Murphy, specifically him because he was the chairman of the reckless driving task force. He's one of the people who put out the report that made all these various recommendations for street engineering improvements for better enforcement of the laws for education getting people back into driver's ed for public relations campaigns and messaging and a lot of that has been happening in bits and starts and in bits and pieces i mean there has been work on adding curb bump outs to some of the city streets so that it's not so easy to pass at traffic lights um and, and go around on the right, which is one of the big frustrations you'll see if you drive in the city. A lot of times you'll see these people pull up to a stoplight at the right and and then blow around everybody or even make a left turn from that far right hand lane, which is in some cases just the shoulder. Um, so they've added these curb bump outs in some places. They've added speed humps. Mayor Johnson says this is an issue that is still one of his top priorities, um, but engineering has been a big focus for him. And he believes it's having an impact. He says it's working. There has been a reduction in crashes um, from, you know, this year compared to last year, overall crashes. Unfortunately, the serious crashes, the fatal crashes, those are not going down. In fact, in some cases, they're going up. So that indicates we still have a real problem with some of the serious uh, chronic behavior. And we talked to the police chief. He says the same thing. He thinks the efforts they're making are having an impact. The traffic safety unit has had targeted reckless driving enforcement. They actually take tips from the public as to where they should um, you know, deploy their resources and they advertise where they're going to be to let the public know we're going to be doing this enforcement. They say that's had an impact, but it's one of those situations, I think, Sarah, where the public officials are messaging consistently and they're saying this is having an impact. But then you look at the body camera video of a case like Dyrell Chaplin and you see an officer hand him a speeding ticket saying, we're not going to worry about your uh, other violations here, including the registration thing, and uh, go on your way. Be safe. What does Chief Norman say about that? I mean, the, the evidence is right there. It's in the video. What he said in the interview, I asked him, you know, why is he driving away? You know, the moment he pulls away, he doesn't have a license. You know, he's got this history. You know, he's breaking the law. And his answer was, we shouldn't be letting people who don't have a license drive away. So I asked him, then why did that happen? And he says, well, we'll have to look into that. And, and I've heard nothing more since then. I've heard no answers. No, we've done an internal investigation. No, um, you know, we've talked to the traffic safety officers about how they need to come up with another plan. 
And I think the reality is, if you step back, what they probably don't want to say is that it's time consuming to deal with the volume of reckless drivers that there are in the city and to tow them all or to wait around for someone to come pick them up and get them a ride, um, to deal with the car that's left abandoned on the side of the road because that person wasn't allowed to drive the vehicle. Um, it, it's a time-consuming process, and, and I think it exposes a thing that is really at the heart of all of this. If they look at it and think, that's too much resource for just a speeding ticket. We've got bigger fish to fry. That's the question. Are there bigger fish to fry? Or is reckless driving a top priority? And I think that's really the crux of this whole story is you're saying it's the top priority, but then when it comes right down to it, a guy with one of the worst records in the city of Milwaukee keeps driving away from your traffic stops and thumbing his nose at the system. And as he said to me in my interview, what are they going to do about it? They just keep letting me go because there's nothing they can do. Well, and this isn't just a- an issue that is is being tackled in the city, it's gone to Madison. And so there are state lawmakers and and actually a, a familiar face, former Milwaukee alderman who is testifying and, and, and talking about this and trying to get some bills passed. Yeah, Bob Donovan, uh, obviously longtime Milwaukee alderman, n- never afraid of a camera or a soundbite. Um, he, uh, he gets some FaceTime here again because he's now in the state legislature. He ran for mayor unsuccessfully, lost to uh, Cavalier Johnson, and uh, was then elected to a new seat in the assembly that was actually created uh, after the districts were were redone. So he, he's the first representative in this district, and he uh, takes two bills, reckless driving bills, to Madison, and they get quick attention. Actually, one of them is already on the governor's desk. The other has passed the assembly and is sitting in the Senate. Those two bills would do a couple of things beyond the borders of the city of Milwaukee. They would increase the fine statewide for reckless driving. Although I want to point out, I said earlier, there's a specific reckless driving statute, and then there's all these other traffic violations that the city considers to fall under that umbrella. This legislation would only apply to violations of that specific reckless driving statute. So it is a much smaller subset of violators, and it only applies to repeat offenders and to repeat offenders who own their cars. But to re, well, I should say that's for the towing side of things. For the fines, it doubles the fines for reckless driving. To put it simply, the state legislation would double the fine for uh, for reckless driving. And if someone is hurt in a crash involving reckless driving, it could increase the potential jail or prison sentences. Um, that bill is the one that's still sitting in the Senate right now and has not passed the second body. But the one that passed both houses and is on the governor's desk would allow municipalities all over the state to create ordinances that give police the power to tow reckless drivers if they own the car and if they are repeat offenders. So it's, again, a question of you see the state taking action. There's sort of a symbolic effort to say we're getting serious about reckless driving. On the other hand, if it only applies to a small subset of those drivers and to those who repeated the offense and to those who own the vehicle they are driving, and that's a big one, because many of them are driving cars owned by someone else, not registered to them. Maybe they're stolen. Um, it's only going to apply to those who own the vehicles. But at least in those cases, outside the city of Milwaukee, there will be more power to tow those cars. Last night, so Wednesday night story kind of focused on some of the the, the consequences or lack thereof. So tonight at 9, Thursday at 9 here, um, you know, what can we expect to see tonight? We're going to look more closely specifically at the towing 
uh, policy in the city of Milwaukee. They started that on May 1st. We're going to look at what we talked about earlier with some of that data is how long or, or how many uh, drivers have they actually towed and how many are they letting go and why? And I think that's uh, th that's important now because next month it'll be a year uh, or by the end of next month, it will be one year since that towing policy took effect. And, and Chief Norman told me he wants to see that data after a year. He wants to look at that data. So he's looking ahead to May and saying, Let's see what it says. If it shows that it's working, if we see that it's working, maybe we expand our use of the towing policy. But he wants to see the data first. Alderman Murphy said the same thing. He said we should be data-driven, evidence-driven. We shouldn't go by feeling. Um, he wants to see the data as well. But I will say this. No one in the police department and no one in the, the uh, you know the common council has looked at this data the way we have yet. Um, we were the first to look at this and see how many of those people being towed have actually reoffended. And as I said, at least at the point we looked at it, 85% had not been stopped again in the short amount of time since they were first towed. Um, whether that lasts, whether that is, you know, statistically significant, I don't know. I'm not the one to say, but that's the kind of data the city wants to look at. And so there's a possibility they could expand the use of the tow policy. I, I want to be fair to, to these city leaders. It's clear that this issue is one that they want to tackle. They know it's important to the public. I think it becomes a question of practicality. The chief said at one point, there's only so many tools we can create. You know, there's only so much we can do. Um, but that's not very satisfying when you're on the other end of it, particularly to those who lost loved ones or who are worried about going out and saying, I don't feel safe driving on the streets of Milwaukee. I'm going to stay home because I'm afraid of what might happen to me or my family, or I can't let my kids play outside because of the people racing up and down the streets. It's not a very satisfying answer to say there's only so much we can do. And it's time for us to go off the record. This is the part of the podcast where we get a little more casual and have a little fun by answering a question for which we have not prepared. And Sarah's already here with that question in mind. You know what I'm glad you're here to ask this for is sometimes you feed us questions and then all I want to know is, I wonder what Sarah's answer is. <laughs> I know the last couple of weeks I've been tied up with stuff or the recording time just didn't work. So when I when I pass off a question, I'm like, oh, man, I really wanted to answer that. Yeah, today I, I kind of had a little bit of a panic because I'm like, wait, do I even have a question? I have like a couple what I like to call quick hitters. I forget um, I forget what prompted this question. I think it actually might have been uh, Editor Dave and I chatting about something. So... Some of these are yeah, just yes or no questions. So um, this has to do, this has to do with showering. So sorry, <laughs> get real weird. I'm sorry to all the listeners. Okay, <laughs> that too. Um, do you sing in the shower? Sing. You know, it's funny. Uh, I sing a lot. I sing in the car. Um, it's no secret to people who know me. I like to go to karaoke and pick up. Yes, yes. And you are good. I have I have heard you sing, and you are good. I select the right songs for myself you know you yeah, gotta find nothing in your awareness yeah no <laughs> yes. you gotta sing within your range if somebody's like sing this for me no 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 you'll mm -hmm. expose that i'm terrible at this yeah uh, I, I don't really sing in the shower i think it's probably though because the bathroom in our house that i shower in is right next to other bedrooms and there are other people <laughs> that i don't think they don't they don't want to hear well, maybe they'll join in it'll be like a chorus i don't know do a you sing in the shower um i, I... 
I might like hum, but usually it's because just like a song is stuck in my head. Sometimes it's <laughs> gonna sound weird. Um, sometimes it'll be like I'll start singing like church songs because <laughs> the echo is so good in the bathroom. <laughs> but I really could use some harmonies. I'm not inviting anyone in, but I could use some harmonies. <laughs> so, do you have music? Do you ever play music in the bathroom? That's my next question. Do you listen? Do you listen to music? No, you know what I end up doing is once I'm sort of like back out and where I can put like an earbud in my ear, I'll have my phone on the the counter as I'm brushing teeth, shaving, whatever it is. And I will either got to sound like I'm making this up. (laughs) I'll either turn on like Fox 6 Wake Up because I just kind of want to know what's going on. Sure. But uh, but oftentimes I'm just watching TikTok videos. (laughs) I have a lot of stand up comedy on my TikTok and I have to start my morning sometimes. That's. Yes. That's the mood for the day. So that I, I feel that. Yeah, I'm not a big I, I don't typically I'd say nine times out of 10. I don't. But then like one time I'll do it. and I'm like, this is really great. I do. I should listen to this music more. Um, are you a bar soap or shower gel? I, shower gel because uh, bar soap and, and I'm sure the soaps are better now. But my recollection is bar soap always dried me out, made me really itchy. <laughs> so I, skin. And I don't know that the, the shower gel stuff's any better. But for yeah. some reason, I just I, I put that on one of those the, the little what do you call those little loops? And I just suds that thing up real good, and I'm I'm had that's that's fine. So I love it. Uh, okay. Not bar soap. Are you uh, shower or bath? I, if I had like a really nice big luxury bath thing, I'd love to take them for sort of the relax relaxation. I don't yeah. have one. I have like a small shower with a bathtub, and sure. honestly, with everybody stepping in and out of that thing, I don't know the how that. Um, but so no, I'm a shower. Shower is quick in and out. Let's get the same. I don't like, I don't know. My kids could like spend a hundred hours in the shower, but I, I'm very much like a get in, get out and uh, baths are gross to me. Like you're sitting in your own just water and then the water gets cold. And unless I have a way to keep it heated. Mm. See, now you bring that up though. And, and, and so I, I still, and I say this, like, I'm going to sound like I'm some sort of athlete. I'm not, but I, <laughs> I, I work out enough that I, and as I get older, I get much more sore and recovery time is slower. And so I'm reading all these things and seeing all these videos. Oh, the people are talking about the ice bath, the benefits of the ice bath. Yeah. I would love to have a bathtub that I felt good, good enough about setting up an ice bath in and seeing if that worked, but I just don't want to do that. And, and, and it just also sounds incredibly unpleasant. It sounds horrible, actually. I took an ice bath when I was training for marathons years ago. I'm not yeah. out of shape now. Um, and, and that was bad enough, but. I think about when we did the Tough Mudder and had to go through that ice, whatever that was, dumpster. That was horrible. The whole thing of ice. It took my breath away, and I was like, this is where it ends. <laughs> yeah. No, and just to do that to yourself on purpose. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we paid for that, like, a lot of money. Um, okay. Do you follow a routine for drying off? Like, is it the same? Like, do you always do, like, your legs first, then your arms, and then your head? Or is it? I think I probably do. Um, and so here's a question. And this has to do with when you step out of the shower, do you, do you actively, do you, you like stand there and try to dry your feet before you step down or do you just step down with wet feet and not care? Well, we have like a mat. So I, I dry a little bit and then I step onto it. So we were having an issue because we had the kind of bath mat that was really like leaving wet footprints and, and you know, you have six different people filter. Well, we have five that use one of the showers uh, with, with all the kids and everything. And that thing was getting gross. And so I actually found, uh, I, and if anybody wants to know, I'll send you the link. They're the best. Found uh, bath mats that are 
like super absorbent, like they, like a ShamWow. <laughs> it's like it's some sort of I read about it. It's some sort of special technology developed by NASA. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but, but it absorbs water so quickly that it's almost immediately dry. And what I a time it. to be alive. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'll take so that. I don't I don't work that hard to drum heat after all. Okay. Stepping out there, okay. and I don't care. <laughs> Whoop, <laughs> willy nilly. Um, what is the perfect shower time length? For me, it's probably it's probably you know not much more than five minutes, five to ten. That's, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, in and out. Let's get the job done. I was trying to see if there was any of the questions that you had had us, you had said to us. I want to know your answers. What's one English word you never spell right on the first try? <laughs> um, I, I there's a handful of them. I have a real hard time with entrepreneur. <laughs> uh, we recently teamed up with Junior Achievement for this young entrepreneur contest, so I had to write the word entrepreneur uh, very many times, and every time I was like delete, 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 because <laughs> little squiggly. <laughs> um, I, I know the other question I want to ask you. This is actually the one I really yeah. want to know. The I wish I liked blank. That's the one I want to get. My, my first answer is probably hugs or people. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I wish I liked, um, I, I don't know, maybe like I wish I liked making friends. I don't know. I feel like I'm not very, I don't know. I get too nervous and it's a lot of pressure. You're so friendly. You're so nice. But people who hear these answers will be like, she I know, like, like she, oh, she's this horrible introvert who just really hates everybody. Yeah. I don't know. I get awkward in social situations and then I just laugh and sweat. So it's hard to make friends when you're a sweaty laugher. <laughs> well, I feel better now. I've got a little bit of closure on some of those. <laughs> if you have a topic you would like us to discuss on Open Record or an issue you think we should investigate for Fox 6 News, send us an email to fox6investigators at fox.com. As always, thank you to the people who make this podcast possible, including our editor, Dave Machuda, and, of course, executive producer, Sarah Smith. Thanks, Smitty. Of course. Please subscribe to Open Record if you haven't already. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you do your podcast listening. With that, I'm Brian Polson. We'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs>